You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 202, Vulnerability and Empowerment. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama. Welcome to this week's edition of the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. How's your summer going so far? We are celebrating reaching 200 episodes this month by highlighting my guest interviews over the years and doing a book giveaway. When you leave a review of the podcast during the month of June, you'll be entered to win your choice of books written by my guests. And there are so many topics to choose from, including parenting, organization, relationships, pregnancy, and how to take a break from drinking. All you have to do is leave a review in Apple Podcasts, or if you listen on a different platform, you can take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com, and you'll be entered to win. I'm going to share two of the reviews that have been left so far. The first is from Story Lover and is titled, Thanks, Mama. She says, I love the first 200 episodes. This podcast gives real honest advice on how to be a better parent. Pam is smart and she breaks it down. I'm looking forward to more. I am so impressed. Thank you, story lover. The second is from Ms. Horn and is titled Pam is Amazing. She says, every episode is full of helpful and actionable information. She is the best. Sign up to work with her. She is helping me to transform my life into something I am truly proud of. What are you waiting for? Ooh, Ms. Horn. Thank you so much for that review. I truly appreciate you. And so what are you waiting for? You know, I just hired a new coach for myself. And when I was thinking about the best time to start, it was like, well, when do I want to get results, right? Do I want to put off getting what I want? And the answer was, of course, no. So if you're the type of person who's been thinking about signing up for a mini session with me and you just keep putting it off, A, I can totally relate to you, and B, now's the time. The longer you wait, the longer it will take you to do what Ms. Horn is doing, which is transforming your life into something you're truly proud of. So go request a free consultation with me at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini, and we'll see if we're a good fit to work together. All right, today I'm highlighting my guests from episodes 120 to 150. We have Erin Aquin, Andrea Askowitz, Krista St. Germain, and Amy Gianni. And the reason I titled the episode Vulnerability and Empowerment is that I saw those as common themes throughout all of these guest interviews. So first is Master Coach Erin Aquin from episode 120. Her book is called Revitalize Your Relationship. And in this clip, Erin talks about the most advanced thing people can do in their romantic relationships. Do you see differences or or maybe themes, certain themes, mm-hmm. in the ways that men and women think about their relationships? 
Because I was thinking, okay, because we've got mostly women listening to this podcast. And is there anything that maybe you think would be valuable for them to know from a different perspective? You know, that's, it's such an interesting thing. Um, oftentimes, regardless of whether it's a man or a woman, at the end of the day, when we go deep enough, it usually comes back to the, the issues in the relationship come back to the self-worth of the individual. Yes. So I have men who really value integrity and authenticity. Um, my husband also works with, with men and you know he's reflected this as well they just think that they're supposed to be the champion of the household. And instead of dealing with (laughs) some of the problem, this is not every man, of course, but instead of like dealing with the problem head on, they're just like, I'm just going to let her, if it's a straight relationship, like I'll just let her yell. Right. I'll let her be mad. Hope it blows past and never actually dive into what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think, um, At the end of the day, you know, we were talking about the CEO, curious, empowered, and open. The most advanced thing that people can do is actually become open in their relationship, which sounds kind of silly, but I think after a time, we lose the ability to be vulnerable because we think that our partner is going to like store it up like a nut (laughs) to use against us later. Mm -hmm. And that's often um, for my my men, something that they really worry about. Like if I tell her how I feel, if I tell her how I want this to go, it's, it's just going to come back yeah. to me in three months. It's so interesting. Like what you're saying is important because at the end of the day, like you said, it all comes down to our feelings of self-worth and am I enough? Mm-hmm. Right? And if you can see your spouse's behavior through that lens of like, that's what, everybody just wants to be loved. Everybody just wants the same thing. If you can just be open to seeing it from their point of view, that that's why they're behaving in the way they're behaving, it just gives us so much more compassion. One of the hacks in the book, the mm-hmm. quick the quick path, it's, it's quick, it's not necessarily easy, is when you're locked into something, when you're really sure that your partner should be doing something differently than they are, I call it doing brain gymnastics, (laughs) but if you can entertain the possibility that you might be wrong, that there may be more to the story that you're not able to see because you're in the tunnel vision space. If you can think of maybe five other possibilities for why they are doing what they are doing, and then maybe as an advanced concept, actually ask them why they're doing what they're doing. You're probably going to learn something. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to establish a line of intimacy between you. You have to be careful in the way that you ask it, right? You definitely do. (laughs) You don't want to attack the person. Why are you doing Uh, that? Yeah. I have a whole step-by-step process for how to have those conversations. Oh, great. Okay. If you're interested in Erin's step-by-step process and want to win a free copy of her book, make sure you leave a review of this podcast. Next, we have Andrea Askowitz from episode 130. She's the co-host of the Writing Class radio podcast and author of the book, My Miserable Lonely Lesbian Pregnancy. In this clip, 
Andrea talks about the surprising benefit of writing and sharing your personal stories. I created my own show called Lip Service, where I would invite people to submit their stories. We would get like 80, 100 submissions. I mean, at the beginning, we didn't, but it grew and grew and grew. Yeah. And I, and with a partner, there were two of us co-producers, we would choose eight storytellers to tell an eight-minute story. Mm-hmm. And then those, but we workshopped them and worked on them really hard so that every single word, like when people veered from their script, I would get pissed. Like that is not what we discussed, you know, because I knew that there, I mean, 600 people came to our audiences by the end. I I I was, I was one of them. It lasted nine years. It it was quarterly. So we did it four times a year. And I feel like what, and it happened here in Miami. I'm in Miami. It started in LA. That's where I took Mm -hmm. the class with Terry Silverman. And then I moved to Miami and then I started And there was nothing like that in Miami. And so I really felt like people were hungry to tell and hear true stories. Mm. And one of the things that I realized was that there was nothing people wouldn't tell. There was mm. so much vulnerability on that stage. There were so many very, very revealing, vulnerable stories that people told. And then what would happen? I would tell my stories too. And then after, there was always an after party. And the after party was so exciting because what would happen is like people would like surround me to tell me their stories. Right. Sometimes I was like, wait, I'm not done telling mine. But <laughs> I, I also really loved that it like, it was like, oh my God, that reminds me, I have to tell you that. So I knew that there was like a fervor for people yeah. to tell their stories. Yeah, let's and talk about that a little that. bit. Because I remember writing about my divorce for the first time on my blog. And shaking before I hit publish, you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think about me? Here I am, this parenting coach, and I talk about marriage all the time. And how can I help other women who, you know, if I don't have my life together, all these thoughts. And what ended up happening, you know, like Brene Brown talks about shame and vulnerability and, you know, but that being like the path to connection, what ended up happening is that So many people, like you're saying, came to me and was like, did you know that I was divorced? I had no idea that they were on their second marriages. And they, I mean, it was amazing. And, or just people came out of the woodwork to come and support me. I have learned, I have learned over and over and over again, that the, that the more vulnerable, the more likable the narrator. So the Mm -hmm. person who tells the story, if you tell the true story about your pain and you are really, really honest or if you are read from your journals that you by accident shredded, I mean, there's actually, <laughs> there's actually, by accident. A, yeah, there's actually a live show. Um, I, I don't know where, but I think it's in LA or there used to be before the pandemic, a show where, which was my 12 year old journal. It was like, people would read from their journals on stage because it was just like, so interesting and humiliating. Um, But anyway, what I've learned over and over, and the reason why we started um, writing class radio, it's exactly what you're saying. My writing class radio partner, Allison Langer, lost a child. Mm -hmm. And she came to my writing class. I became a teacher, a writing teacher like 10 years ago or something, 12, I don't remember, many years ago. And she was in my first class and she resisted, resisted, resisted writing about that incident. And then Mm -hmm. I could tell that she had something that she was hiding. And I was like, 
you got to write about the thing you don't want to write about. Mm-hmm. And that's like a prompt. Like I ask yeah. people to write down their obsessions. What are you obsessed about? What do you, what can't you get off your mind? And then circle the one that you just don't want to touch. Okay. Write about that. Right. Right. And then she ended up writing about the death of her daughter, which mm-hmm. is our first episode. Mm-hmm. And basically the whole idea of our podcast and we talk it out in the first episode is like that it's not like she's not going to be sad. Like she is always, but now she has, it's sitting on the side now and she's able to look at it and talk about it. And now she's no longer, that's the woman that lost a child. Right, right, right. Which is what she felt she had become. Mm -hmm. She took her power back. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Next, we have Krista St. Germain from episode 140. Krista is a master life coach and host of the Widowed Mom podcast. In this clip, she talks about the importance of processing grief and other emotions and helping kids process their emotions as well. When I said at the beginning that we're just not very good at grief in this culture, this is how the ripple effect of that is felt. It's in the day-to-day, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just the big dad dies kind of losses. It's all the little losses. And this myth that we've bought into that you're supposed to be strong and you're supposed to be grateful. And, um, you know, if, if you want to be sad, you should do that alone. Mm. And so then we end up not showing our, our true feelings in front of our children because we believe that we're supposed to be strong in front of them. So they never see anyone processing emotion. They never learn that emotion is normal, good, healthy, right? They don't develop that resiliency and they don't have the capacity to support themselves through a challenging emotion because, you know, either we aren't showing them how, or we're out in front of them trying to mow the lawn, right. And fix all of this stuff or, or spackle happiness over it. And it's just completely not useful. So I think honesty with your child about any emotion, you know, that they are feeling and that you are feeling is so much more useful. I was, I did an interview with uh, a friend of mine, Jenny Lisk. She has a podcast. It's very similar to mine. She has the widowed parent podcast. I have the widowed mom podcast. Okay. And um, she does a lot of interviews with just grief experts and children who have survived the loss of a parent. One of the things that she told me one time that just really surprised her was, that one of the biggest things that children who grow up around loss and specifically the loss of a parent um, struggle with is when the parent does not take care of themselves. Mm. And so sometimes as moms, I think we think, well, I just need to take care of my child. And so we believe that by putting our needs last, we're somehow helping them. But what, you know, Jenny was saying is like, no, no, actually, if you go and you talk to grown children, what they will tell you is that they really felt the burden Mm -hmm. of them then later having to be the emotional adult Mm. um, and take care of the parent who didn't take care of themselves. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think it's just universal. I mean, I remember being a kid and there was no death in my family, but I remember just that was the most important thing to me was that my parents took care of themselves emotionally mm-hmm. and physically. And I remember I would worry about them because I thought if, if they're not taking care of themselves, then what's going to happen to me? 
Right. Yeah. And then it puts that burden and all of that fear on the child. So if we take good care of our own emotional well-being, we don't put that burden on the child. And then also we role model it for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think honesty is a big part of that. So I think this goes nicely into like, so if your child has a fear of death, fear of of their parents dying or of themselves dying or something like that, then it's the same process of allowing them to feel that fear. Would you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is normal. And helping them develop the belief that they can handle feelings, including fear. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, don't worry, mommy's never going to die. That's not going to happen. Everything's fine, you know, and setting them up with lies. Like, let's not do that to our kids. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So have you had to deal with that with your own kids? I mean, they have been through it with Hugo, mm-hmm. but how have you helped them navigate their own grief? Yeah, that was probably my son's biggest struggle. Honestly, I think my daughter really realized what she lost in Hugo. Whereas my son it was his first, because he was nine, it, his first realization that, oh, people I love die. Like this could happen to yes. my mom. Right. right. And so his was, are you going to die? I, I just want to, he said, he told me one time as we were getting ready for bed, he said, I just want to die five minutes, five seconds or something before you do. Um, so that way I don't have to know what that's uh, like. And I oh, think, bless I his think little heart. Dahlia said something very similar to me once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's not sugarcoating it. This is hard, buddy. This is hard, right? Right now, mommy's right here, right? Mm -hmm. Acknowledging what is true in the moment, but not, not saying that it's going to be forever. Like someday, you know, people do die, but it's okay. That's part of life. This Mm -hmm. is how it works. And, you know, giving them the idea that, that they can handle whatever's in front of them, as opposed to saying that it's never going to happen with my kids too. I'm a big fan of emotional freedom technique tapping. Mm -hmm. And so I have used tapping a lot with my children over the years and continue to do that. Um, so Carson and I especially did a lot of tapping in those earlier days where I would, you know, tap on him and we would just, whatever he was feeling, we would just talk about what it was and tapping on it. Oh, that's interesting. You would tap on him. I never knew mm-hmm. that that was a yeah. thing. Okay, I'll yeah. link to, um, I'll link to some resources about tapping if people haven't heard of that. But I've actually done a, a little bit of that too with Brad Yates on, uh, mm, yeah. on YouTube. I love him. Yeah. I love that. So I, I don't do it regularly, but I definitely have have used it and loved it, and um, recently brought it up to my kids to say, you know, hey, let's mm-hmm. maybe we can try this together. So yeah, I started them when they were really little and bedtime was terrible in my house. It was terrible, especially (laughs) for my daughter. I mean, we just do like fisticuffs in my house. And, um, so tapping really helped. And so I would tap on her and we would just tap with, let it go. Um, or if there was a specific emotion she was feeling, we would tap on that too. But yeah, it was really a great way to help her process whatever she was feeling and really calm her down. And then Carson and I started doing it as well. And so, yeah. And he would say, mommy, will you do that tappy thingy <laughs> for me? And so, yeah, I would just gently tap on all the points and it would help mm-hmm. put him to sleep and come, you know, help him process whatever anxiety or frustration or anger, or whatever he was experiencing without making it a problem. Right. I wasn't saying this is a problem, then mommy needs to fix it for you. Right. We need to tap so it'll go away. 
Right. It was, here's how, here's how we can support ourselves, you know, with these feelings. Last but not least, we have master coach Amy Gianni from episode 150 talking about the mind-body connection. It really is a matter of getting your body and your brain to be on the same team, right? It's bringing yourself back together rather than having this split apart adversarial relationship. It's like my favorite question to ask is what's the most loving thing that you can do for yourself today, right? And um, just having that compassion towards yourself and really listening to your body because our bodies speak to us through symptoms. That's really the only voice that our body has, right? The only way to communicate with us is through symptoms. Mm. And so I think it's really helpful to get super curious about, okay, why is this coming up for me right now? Why am I getting a migraine right now? What is going on physically, emotionally? Um, you know, what's happening in my, my environment? What am I thinking about? And, and what could this, what is this symptom telling me? What's the message here? What can I learn from this? And I think when we can get really curious and pay attention and tune in, we're going to get such good information. And then we want to honor that information, right? Because when your body and your brain are on the same team, you're going to honor the information and give your body exactly what it needs. Because ultimately, our bodies always win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like if our body's saying, I'm tired and we don't listen and we just push, 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 eventually your body's going to give out. Yeah. So our brains can bully us for a while, but eventually your body always wins. Can you give us examples of some of the messages that our bodies are trying to give us through its symptoms? Yeah. So our bodies give us all sorts of messages. And sometimes it's really like looking, I think a lot of times our symptoms point us to our emotions because we stuff emotions and we stuff and stuff and stuff them and we don't want to face them or deal with them. And so a lot of times it's taking a look at um, an emotion we're having that we just haven't wanted to face or deal with. And so sometimes just processing an emotion will bring us relief uh, in our body. So it could be that, it could be um, just things in our life that are maybe out of alignment. Mm. Because I find that when my life gets out of alignment, sometimes I'll notice that I'll have physical symptoms come up for me. And so it's things like that to help me kind of get back on the path of where I want to be. Those are a few examples I could think of. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. So what's the most loving thing that you can do for your body is the question that you asked. Mm-hmm. And, and then what's my body trying to tell me? What are these symptoms here to, to tell me? It's mm-hmm. another one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and another question is just... Um, Maybe where am I out of alignment with myself right now? Okay. So when we're talking about physical pain and it could be our own physical pain, or it could be a loved one is in physical pain, a child, a parent, something like that. And we're thinking this isn't fair. This shouldn't be happening, right? I don't deserve this or my child doesn't deserve this. What is the best way to get out of that kind of mentality? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question because um, it's totally natural and understandable, right? As you're saying that, like when, when someone we love is in pain, of course, we're going to think, oh, this shouldn't be happening. I wish they weren't experiencing this. Um, That's going to feel very um, real and very true for us. But 
when we think that way, it really does put us into this um, very disempowered place where we're thinking that something has gone wrong and things shouldn't be happening this way, or almost like we're missing out on life or our loved ones are missing out on something that they, they shouldn't have to miss out on. Um, and we think that our life is supposed to just go along perfectly, right? We're supposed to have all these amazing experiences and nothing is ever goes wrong. And when something does quote unquote go wrong, that it takes us out of our life or pulls us away from the experience we're supposed to be having, but actually pain, all the adversities we have, all of it is, is supposed to happen. We don't like it and we don't want it to happen, but it is part of our mortal experience. So it's not taking us out of our life. It just is part of our life. And so the more, again, that we can embrace it as like, as our reality, like, okay, this is what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And so how do I want to think about this? What do I want to do with this? Mm-hmm. I think that helps us move out of that victim mentality and get us to a little bit more empowered place. Yeah. I mean, you think about certain celebrities who we've seen take, you know, whatever physical pain or illness that they have and turn it into something amazing, like Christopher Reeve, for example, right? Um, You know, or I know that there's tons of different examples of people who have lost limbs and done triathlons and and all sorts yes. of things. So, and we look at those people and we think, oh my gosh, how how do they how do they do that? But it's really their thinking, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, their thinking. Yeah, but there are so many good examples of of people that have taken, you know, less than ideal circumstances and really turned it around and done something amazing. I hope you're enjoying these episodes as much as I am. The links to all of their full episodes will be in today's show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 202. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.